Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean, the weekend edition. First of yesterday's news, I'm Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Sunday and Saturday because that's the weekend. The Highlanders had a very good game the other night. Uh, Nadia Reid's having a very good music career. Uh, there's a budget coming up, so Nicola Willis is taking every opportunity she can to get on the radio and talk about what National would do if they're in charge, but they aren't. And uh, Jack says goodbye to minimalism. That's like a very entertaining way to end the podcast. We'll start it uh, with the uh, the Ram Raid epidemic. Um, and Francesca, is she going to sort it or just complain about it? It is easy to see why Ram Raids have been in the headlines. They are audacious acts of violence in which the damage, fear and inconvenience they cause generally outweighs any game. The imagery makes for good television and news and the fact youth dominate Ram Raid statistics adds to their shocking nature. But ram raids aren't new. They're just spiking, which brings them into public awareness. As awful and upsetting as they are for the victims, the ram raid trend will move on and pretty soon will be up in arms about something else. Whatever the style of crime, children and youth will still be involved for the rush, escapism and the money. Unless they're real issues, whatever they may be, are dealt with. It's worth reminding ourselves that overall youth crime is not on the rise. Ministry of Justice data shows youth offending dropped by more than 60% in the decade to June last year. Let's do what we can to address the current ram raid trend, but let's not be fooled into thinking it's more than it is. And let's keep our focus on what really makes a difference. Getting these kids into a position where being involved in a ram raid seems to them as stupid as the rest of us already think it is. Yeah, I'm still of the opinion um, uh, we're taking the wrong approach. Because uh, what was the one over the weekend did twenty about twenty thousand dollars worth of damage, um, and then and they only stole a couple of bottles of booze or something. Well, isn't it not easier just to give them the bottles of booze, and then have them on the your CCTV footage, and then arrest them for that? I'm, I'm starting to think that all the bollards and the security doors and everything else. Just don't ram raid. Just have drive-throughs where they come in, they steal the two bottles of booze, you get them on TV, police go around. That's I'm I, I'm probably taking far too simplistic approach to these things. Mind you, sometimes a simple approach is a good approach. Uh, Highlanders uh, the other night. It turns out if you just sniffle up all the loose ball and tackle really hard, you win. So yeah, three wins on the trot now. So and you talked about taking steps forward. What has been particularly good and better in the last three weeks? I think um, one thing we did is just took a lot of pressure off ourselves. Um, early in the season, obviously, we were trying really hard and kind of finding ways to lose games sort of in the last sort of 10 minutes or 20 minutes. Or we were in games, you know, a lot. We pressured the Crusaders for 80 minutes but didn't get a win. Um, we had close games and, you know, that derby, the derby part or the New Zealand part of the comp was really tricky for us. So we just saw, you know, this, this back end is just make the eight and then um, we want to get our game to a place that, um, you know, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be at a place and when we get to the playoffs that our game's, you know, good enough to try and win a playoff game, really. And taking the pressure off, maybe a little less accountability, um, just on ourselves and just play rugby and and. and grow the identity of our team and for us it's our defence and our kicking game 
and then uh, if you get in the right ends of the field, you can score points. So, yeah, the playoffs are looming. Um, Chiefs will be in the mix. Um, I was a bit worried yesterday. I, I wasn't watching the game, but I was following it. I, I've got an app that sort of tells me the results basically in real time, except it's, it crashed with four minutes to go in the game and the Chiefs were losing by one point. And it wasn't until some time later when I discovered that they'd actually come from behind and won. So that was exciting. And I wasn't even watching. Uh, enough about me. Uh, let's move on to Nadia Reid. Because uh, uh, apart from anything else, it's New Zealand Music Month. I thought maybe we could go back a little bit this morning if it's okay with you. Because I was checking out the timings for everything. And your last mm. album, uh, your third album, was released. It was out of my province. was released in March of 2020. Yeah. Good timing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Just reflecting on that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so 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 how was maybe maybe that's a good place for us to start this morning. How how was that? Tell me about that process and the timing for everything because I can only imagine that it kind of scuppered all your plans. Yeah, it's an, it's a sort of I guess it's a quite a bittersweet feeling really. I mean, I'm definitely feel like I've I'm kind of I processed it, but but it was it was you know, I I, I remember being in Auckland we were about to, um, we just played our last show in Auckland, which was kind of getting a bit weird at that point. Mm. And we were, I was kind of hunkered down in a hotel room. We were meant to fly to Austin, Texas, like the next day. And we were sort of just waiting there, kind of waiting to be told what to do. And then, you know, South by Southwest got cancelled. And then I was like, okay, well, we'll just go for a holiday. And then slowly everything kind of, you know, I started to um, fall to pieces and I got on a plane back to Dunedin and this was the only time I cried actually and I got out of the Dunedin airport and the smell of the the cows <laughs> I was just like I was meant to be, you know, off to Texas off yeah. on a world tour and instead I'd done a U-turn and arrived in Dunedin <laughs> It's funny how the smell of cow shit can make uh, some people cry, make some people happy. Brings out different emotions in all of us, doesn't it? Um, poignant, poignant stuff. Um, um, let's move on from that very quickly and talk about the budget. Oh, what could be more exciting to talk about than the budget? And Nicola Willis gets so excited talking about the budget. Given that there's going to be another budget in between now and the next election, is this budget in particular going to have any effect on the way people vote? Uh, yes, I think it will, because people will be looking to the finance minister to see whether he understands what they are facing, and that is a cost-of-living crisis. Uh, New Zealanders are watching prices lift wherever they look. Uh, Their wages aren't keeping up, and they will be looking to see whether the finance minister has a plan that will help address that squeeze for them. And do you think it's going to address the squeeze? Well, I'm really concerned that it won't. National would like to see income tax relief for the squeezed middle, those New Zealanders who haven't benefited from increases to benefits and working for families entitlements, but who really can't withstand the additional costs at the supermarket when they fill up at the pump, their rent, their mortgage payments. Uh, We think the government should be prioritising some tax relief for them. We also think this is a time when the government should be very disciplined about the way it spends your money. Uh, Grant Robertson has said he won't be returning the government books to surplus until 2025. He's continuing to spend up large, planning the biggest spend-up, in fact, 
in budget history. Uh, and we look at that and we say, well, can New Zealanders be assured that they will get delivery and good results for that spending? And we are doubtful. Um, she's, I've heard a few interviews uh, with Nicola Willis about the budget and basically it's all to script. Um, she, she's not really mixing it up. Um, she's complaining about this whole no surplus till 2025 thing, which to me doesn't sound like that far off. It's only three years away. I mean, you know, we're recovering from an unprecedented global pandemic. I think I can hang in there until 2025. Anyway, maybe I can't. Maybe it's all going to be so terrible, it's going to be so bad. Um, I I certainly don't like the idea of my middle being squeezed. I don't like the idea of a squeezed middle. That sounds bad, whatever that is. So if we can avoid the squeezed middle, I'm all for that. Uh, maybe that's what Jack's doing, living his minimalist lifestyle, although suddenly it's all changed, apparently. Well, this is going to shock you. Coffee tables are actually fantastic. I've not owned a coffee table for more than a decade. Turns out there's a reason they're popular. <laughs> Sometimes you don't know what you're missing until it's sitting in the middle of your living room with a TV remote and a book on Scandinavian architecture. But here's the big takeaway for me. Here is the big takeaway. Cushions. What the hell? I used to have two cushions. I thought that was bordering on excessive. Now, I have 16. 16 cushions. 16 in a two-bedroom apartment. I'm surprised there's room to move. And tell me this. What are you supposed to do with the cushions on your bed when it comes time to sleep? Do you just throw them on the ground? Is that... Is that what people do? You just chuck them on the ground. All those nice cushions, just chuck them on the ground where your feet go every day. Yes, for those of us whose interior choices have always tended towards the hard end of less is more, it can be a confronting experience to have someone with taste come in and rejig your home. The thing that shocked this minimalist the most about the dried flowers and the cushions and the coffee table I don't even know who I am anymore because it looks really, really good. So was this just Jack greasing up his partner but by saying that he doesn't mind having his life tipped on its ear? Is that what's going on there? <clears throat> You've got to have a coffee table. I don't know what he, what, why you were so anti-coffee table because what do you put your feet up on if not on the coffee table? Uh, you've got to have if because if, if you don't have a coffee table, you've got to have those couches that are like a bunch of lazy boys all stuck together, don't you? You got to put your feet up. I don't understand why they don't make coffee tables more like footstools because that's what that's what you do. It's not really about the coffee, is it? The coffee goes on the armrest. That's where the coffee goes. Um. Yeah, we need to look at that. Foot, foot. Footstool coffee tables. Foot, 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 footstool tables. There's something in that, I think. I'm Glenn ZB. I've gone off on a tangent. Uh, I'll stay there and then come back. Uh, maybe to reality tomorrow? Probably not. With another ZB. See you then.